Hello and welcome back to Tuesday Tea Talks. Today I have my friend Ruthie. Um, I know that last week I spoke uh, a little bit about her in the show and, and I'm very excited. I'm excited to have her. I know she's a woman of God. I know she has a word for us. I know that um, what she has gone through, it was not easy, but God uh, literally walked her through a valley and she came back, she came out victorious of that valley. So Ruthie, thank you for being with us tonight. Um, introduce yourself a little bit. Tell us a little bit about your background, um, how you, maybe you became Christian and um, then we'll go into your story of, um, you know, of COVID and what happened in, during those days in the ICU. Thank you. Um, it's an honor to be here. Um, thank you so much. Um, yes, my name is Ruth Arazzo um, from Miami, Florida. Um, I grew up in church. However, at 22, right after I got baptized, I went straight into the world and I became a prodigal. And I was a prodigal until I was 38 years old. So, I mean, you can't tell me what is in the world and then what it is to walk with the Lord because I've pretty much done it all with the exception of a couple of things. Um, and what I can say is that even though when I was in the world, I never belonged. Like I would always, you know, I would have a cigarette in one hand and alcohol in the other at a club or, or somewhere. And I would just see people and I would see them not going to heaven. And I'm like, what am I doing here? Um, and, and I could just, I had gifts that he, that the Lord had given me since I was very little. Um, and a prophecy that had been given to me since I was very little, but I didn't believe it because I went to a church and it's a great church, but no one had ever really sinned. Everybody was good. So I would always ask, well, why is this a sin? And why is that a sin? And it's like, because it is, because it is. So the why in me wanted that curiosity that yeah. I want to do things that the world is doing because these people don't know. So how can they be so sure if they've never tried anything? Exactly. And that's kind of like, yeah. So that's kind of like my background. And again, I love my church, what, my, my childhood church where I went, I'm still, you know, their family to me. Um, but it was one of those things where my mom, you know, my mom is like a great woman of God. Never did like, she got married once divorced and that was it she's like nope I'm a woman for one man and I was like okay and that's it like you're you know you're never going to redo your life and um so when I was walking with again I never felt like I belonged and I was like I never felt like I belonged when I was a Christian and now I don't feel like I belong here like where's the balance like where is this and I would always tell myself where's the little girl that used to sing father Abraham you know at Sunday school, where is she? Like, who am I? Um, and my encounter was, I had gone through a divorce, a very ugly divorce, very difficult divorce. And I was very angry with God because he, I always wanted a family and he took it away. That's how I thought of it. Like you took it away. You took that from me. Um, I cursed that God and and he would always pursue me and he would always speak to me, but I would reject him and reject him and reject him. Um, you know, um, but it's just the fact that he kept pursuing me. Um, I have three children and my middle child is a girl. I have, you know, two boys on the outside and she's in the middle and she's on the autism um, spectrum disorder. So 
there's always been a lot of heaviness in my heart thinking if I did something wrong and all that stuff that comes to mind. Um, but you know, the Lord is perfect and he knows why he gives us certain battles. Um, and the day that I had been driving back and forth through Miami, I had been thinking of going back to church, but I didn't want to, because even though I wasn't talking to the Lord, I was still doing things in ministry. I was still posting stuff about my faith because I still had faith. I just didn't want to talk to God. Yeah, you know, and and I love Jesus and I love the Holy Spirit, but it was God, it was Abba Father that I was so angry with, and um, I had driven by church, Brave Church, which is where I go, several times, and I had seen the mural, "You belong here, you belong here, you belong here," and he's like, "Yeah, I'm talking to you," and I was like, "I'm not listening." I Googled the pastors. I was like, okay, maybe I should go. No, I don't. I was really xenophobic about going to church, and I didn't understand why. Um, And so one morning, you know, the Lord decides to, okay, you don't want me to talk to you? Fine. I'm going to get your attention, and I'm going to get your attention big. And it came by the means of a panic attack. And I was at work and I was like, oh no, I think I'm going to faint. And I told my coworker, I think I'm going to, and I fainted. <laughs> but I was, I, I, I could hear everything that was going on, you know, and I could feel my heart like having tachycardia. And I was like, oh no, okay, Lord, uh, I haven't spoken to you. I'm so sorry. I don't want to die. <laughs> yeah. I can't die. You know, my, my little girl needs me. Um, And if you find it in your heart to forgive me, and if you want me back, I will serve you every day of my life. Mm -hmm. And I made that promise and he does not take it lightly because he, he was like, okay, this is what, this is what you're going to do. Are you sure? Are you sure this time? And I was brought home. And as I was walking through the door, I get a phone call from a, from my neighbor from my neighbor Delia, and um, she tells me, "Hey Ruth, I just went to this new church. I got some stuff for you that they gave me as a first-time guest because I thought of you. Like she, you know, th- that stuff was for her, and she thought of me. And she's like, you know, it, it's a different church. Um, it's non-denominational. You know, um, let me know if you want to come with us or not. You know, and I was like, yeah, 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 okay. But I was very dismissive still because mm-hmm. I wasn't feeling good. I went and I had a shower. I come back out and my aunt tells me, hey, there's some stuff on the chair for you that Delia brought you, you know, look at it. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. As I'm walking into the living room, I see a water bottle and I see a little like, like backpack uh-huh. and I see the lion, the same lion that had the backdrop, you belong here. And I see the sign that says brave church and brave dot, um, dot com or brave miami.com. And I just fell to my knees because that was the sign that he he was giving me. And I was like, okay, Lord. Okay, Abba. Because I've always called him Abba. Okay, Abba. I'm going to go. I looked at the times. And then this is, I don't know if it was all the stuff, all the stronghold and all the generational curses and whatnot that that were going on. That I was like okay, you can't go to the nine because you're not going to make it to the nine. And you can't go to the 11 because that's when they had the different times. Yes. And, um, and I was hyperventilating. I was like having another panic attack about what time do I go to church? I don't want to go. I can't go. And I had told my children and they were super excited. They're like, yes, we're going to go to church again. Like we needed this mom. 
Um, and nine, 10, 11, 12, one, two. And my son, my eldest son, John Luca goes to my room and he goes, lady, you said you were going to take us to church. We've been ready since nine o'clock. Get out of bed. Because I was having like, an, I was like, I can't leave the house. Like, I can't, I can't go. Wow. He's, no, I can't. And I was like, okay, okay, all right, all right, let's go. And he's like, put your shoes on, mom. Come on, we got to go. Put your shoes on. And my son was the one who pushed me out. Like, he wow, was the really? one. And I, yeah. And and so we get there. And the first person I see is a sister in Christ that her name is Yvette Bola. And she knew I was new. She knew immediately. She saw me and she's like, can I pray for you? And I started crying and I go, yes, <laughs> I am caring so much. Mm -hmm. And it was very hard for me to walk through the door. Um, and she just prayed over me for peace. And I felt peace immediately. And she prayed some other stuff over me. And she's like, go right in there. That's where you're going to receive. The kids sat with me that day and pastor was talking about um, holy, uh, um, he was talking about a lot of things, but he, I remember he mentioned the prodigal, the prodigal children, the prodigals, the prodigals. And I was like, that's me. He's talking about me. And I just started crying the entire service. He said, you know, get started, start serving. And then immediately I hear his voice, Baba's voice say, <clears throat> that is for you. You said you were going to serve me every day of your life. So I was like, okay, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Um, I met Megan, she introduced me to the pastor and, you know, we were just talking and I was like, Hey, you know, I, I think this could be my home. And my daughter comes up and she's like, I think we're staying here. This, this was amazing. This was awesome. So she confirmed it. I go to the class. I start taking everything backwards because it was the third class. And then, you know, I had to do the first and second class, but I, I was ready to go. And I start, I signed up for guest services just because I'm friendly, you know, that's my yeah. personality. But I told him, I said, Lord, I don't want to pick. You pick for me where you want me to grow. And he has, <laughs> yes, you know, he has. he has, he's like, okay, you haven't prayed in three years. You're going to intercede. I'm like, what is intercede? What, what? <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? You're going to go do this. You're going to go do that. You're, and then every time someone would say, by the way, we've been praying and your name came up and do you think, and I'd be like, can I pray about it? <laughs> but I didn't pray about it. I already knew the answer because exactly. he picked for me, you know? Yeah. So, you know, the Bible says that he ordains our steps. So it, oh, yeah. it is, it is, it is that it is just like, you know, we just need a confirmation and say, you know what, God, we just need a few, I like, let me just go into my hiding place and just pray. But we already know because we have been praying for him to ordain our steps. Right, for him to oh. like use us and for us to serve him. So we already know, you know, me, I'm, I'm stubborn. So I fight God and I'm still, I know. So, and I'm like, yes. God, you know, like, you know, I was telling him, I'm like, I did this, um, podcast because I wanted to give resources to women. That's what I wanted. Resources, free resources. I don't want to make a book. I just want to give free resources, bring women, you know, um, that are able just to provide strategies and resources. And Absolutely. every single time, Ruthie, we will go back to faith. And I was like, no, God, I don't want to do another faith, you know, podcast. What is this? So I literally stopped. I stopped recording. And I was like, you know what? The last um, episode I had, and it was um, 
very impactful. It was uh, this testimony of this lady. Um, she went through uh, abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse with her husband. Um, and you know, and, and I thought that that was beautiful. I'm like, okay, well, this is, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to go and pray about it. Right. I want to go and pray what God has for me. Um, but mind you, he had talked to me back in April to do this. And I was like, no, I'm done. Like, I'm going to go back and pray because I don't think yeah. I heard you right. Or I don't think we are understanding each other. So literally <laughs> last Saturday when, um, uh, you called me, you, you know, you FaceTimed me. I was driving and you paused at that moment. You were still in the hospital. We're going to get into that in a few, yeah. but you paused <laughs> and you said, wait, the Holy Spirit is saying that you need to go back to do what you were doing. And I was just like, say what? The Holy yeah. Spirit says that you have to go back and do what you were doing. And I oh, was yeah. like, and I was driving with my mom and I was like, Oh my gosh, for real? Like you have to, you have to come in the middle of me driving and you are coming to like literally make me uncomfortable when I'm driving. Like you couldn't wait, you know, to, to tell me a little bit. Like, so I was like, okay, God, you know what? It is true. What greater resource than the Holy Spirit? What greater mm -hmm. resource than wisdom through the word of God? What greater resource than salvation through Jesus Christ? What greater Amen. resource than our savior? Amen. So I was yeah. like, all right, I'm diving in. Um, you know, um, last week it was the, the first one coming back. Uh, and I, you know, and I talked about the, the, the secret place, right? So how we go back to the secret place and we start looking for God. And, and now you're, you're, you're my, you know, you're my second of this new journey of God, um, you know, has placed in my heart. And I want to talk a little bit about, because, um, you know, we are in, still in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, mm -hmm. For a moment, uh, the the city that we live, Miami, was known as the epicenter of the pandemic, right? Yeah. And um, our church, we started gathering together a couple months ago, and everything was good. Um, I remember me coming one Sunday, and literally you being highlighted, right? We never had any discussions. You and I literally we're never in the same room just with the exception of when we were worshiping in the same temple but you know like yeah. being in the same room having conversations we never you know we crossed paths we said hi mm -hmm. of each other but we didn't know each other so yeah. i remember coming to uh, sunday um at the six o'clock service and I, I like I can just picture you and, and remember you you drinking your coffee and you being highlighted and I'm like okay God like why is she being highlighted but you know um we had another sister she came I know her she came she gave me a hug I went I we sat down um and I sat down at the far right with my family you know that's the place I like to sit at church and mm -hmm. literally we're in the middle of no worship was done. We were sitting and I looked to my left and then again, there you are sitting down, just like looking straight to the, you know, to, to the pastor, um, preaching and I see you. And again, you're being highlighted. So I'm like, okay, not knowing, and uh, you know, and this is not nothing because we we learn through experiences, right? We learn that sometimes, you know, like the Holy Ghost is training us to move in the prophetic, and sometimes we don't Absolutely. know, like we see something, and sometimes we dismiss it, right? So mm -hmm. the first Sunday, the, the following Sunday comes, you're not in church, 
right? Um, and I'm like, okay, what's going on? The middle of that uh, week, I reach out and I'm like, hey, you know what? You're in my heart. I don't, I don't even know why, but I just want you to know that you're in my heart. Yeah. And then that's when I found out that you had um, the virus, that you had COVID, and that you were mm-hmm. in, in the ICU. Um, so, yes. and and I had asked you before if you know how you got it, and I want you you to tell us how was it that you got it, and and then your journey through through this um, disease. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I completely agree that we need to ask the Holy Spirit to begin to reveal to us, to give us ears to hear and eyes to see in the supernatural, because we are not of this world. We're a part of it, but we're not of it. And, you know, we need to learn to tap into certain, like he's connected with us at all times. um, And he does kind of nudge at us. And I've learned that you don't stay quiet. Like with all of this, I've learned that if someone's in your heart, call them. If something's going on, do it. Like say it because there's a reason for it. You may not know, but that word you say to someone, like what I told you that I just stopped and I was like, hold on a second, Mariela, he's telling me this. If I wouldn't have done that, you know, you would have just put it back in the drawer. And that's something that occurred with this, with this situation. So my son, um, he just turned 21, October 25th. And before that, he was like, mom, I want to go get my passport. You know, he had been serving. We had been serving for four, I think it's four years this December, every Sunday. We never take a Sunday off and we serve from morning to closing doors because that's what I do. I go around. He's, he, you know, he, he serves also. And, you know, I check the doors and I make sure like everything's closed whenever he wants going home. So it's something that it's a part of our, our life. You know, we are very prone to the, and in our household, we shall serve the Lord. And we are, we do that. So, um, he goes to get a haircut and he goes to the barber shop and the barber accidentally cuts off his mask because he had, he had this shaggy dog look that he was going crazy. He's like, I need a haircut. I look like a mop, you know? So when I pick him up, Immediately, he tells me, Mom, I was exposed. I think I got it. And I'm like, rebuke that. I'm like, why would you claim that? Why would you claim it? You got to rebuke it. I'm like, oh, I got so mad at him because he claimed it. And I couldn't unclaim it out of him, you know. Um, And I was upset because I was like, why would you do that? And he goes, well, what am I supposed to do? And I was like, okay, we'll go home. We'll pray. And I'll cover you in oil. And we're, you know, we'll, we'll pray out. We'll pray it out. And um, you're, you're going to be fine. I didn't do that to myself because I was in mama bear mode mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, I have to see like what's going on. So that those two weeks prior to me getting sick, um, he said, I'm just going to stay home. I don't want to go to church, you know, cause I don't want to get anybody sick. And I was like, okay, you can stay home, stay home. I'm like, I don't, I really feel like you don't have anything. I feel like you don't have anything, but I deep down in my gut, I'm like, Lord cover this house, you know, cover us because I have asthma and so does Enzo, my youngest. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and I live with my aunt and she's 62 and I'm like, she can't get sick. So Lord, you know, cover this house. Um, I, he tells me he, he has a fever. Like I come home from, from church on Sunday night and I can't remember. It was nine twenty nine thirty or nine twenty something. One of those Sundays, it was the last, last, Sunday in September. 
And he's like, mom, I have a fever. Mom, I have that thing. I have it. I have it. I have it. And again, I'm like, why are you claiming it? So I call the doctor. I call, I call urgent care and I say, you know, can we go get tested? And they're like, yeah, we could give you an appointment for him. So he tested positive on 930. And the doctor said, if he has it, everyone in the household has it. So just, you know, just prepare. You're, you know, we already know how it works. If you don't smoke and you don't drink, you're going to be okay. It's going to be like a cold. But my gut was like, what can I take? And I said, can you test me today? Because I have asthma. And then I have a young kid at home that also has asthma. And can you get x-rays done? And, and they're like, no, that's not necessary. It's no big deal. But my Holy Spirit was like, you need to, you need to call your doctor. So I didn't get tested until Friday, which was 10 two, because they didn't have an appointment. And I don't know it's a pandemic. Shouldn't you have stuff read, uh, readily yes. available? But that's yes. just me. You know, I'm like, I got three kids and I need to get them tested. And you're telling mm -hmm. me that I got to wait and, and make an appointment. Like that does not make sense. But I, would, I was like, okay. That's what you want me to do. And by that time, I had already prepared everything to quarantine. Um, and I was like, okay, you know, you're going to get a cold. Let's, I'm going to sleep in your room with you. I'm going to watch you. I'm going to take care of you because that's what moms do. Yeah. And um, he only had like stiffness of his body for one day, but he lost his sense of smell immediately. Um, had fever one day and then a stuffy nose. But, mm -hmm. and, and maybe a sore throat. I think he complained of a sore throat, but that's all he got. And he would sleep fine. He was working out. And I'm like, how are you working out if you're sick? And he's like, I feel fine. I feel fine. So when I tested positive, I had no symptoms. I just had a stuffy nose, like regular stuffy nose from, you know, it's Miami. It's raining all the time and I have asthma. So asthma and allergies kind of like any yeah. shift in the in the atmosphere i get nasally and and yay allergies so i test positive and then i immediately i'm like okay you guys have to quarantine they're homeschooling you know get away from us stay away i call my boss and i tell him listen i just got i just tested positive i need to keep away from my kids you know i'm in i'm with my eldest but i need to keep away from my other two kids yeah so that's the day that I didn't go to church that weekend. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, no major changes. I just felt like I was getting kind of like a cold. Um, but I called my doctor and I said, is there anything else that I can do? Because they didn't take any x-rays. And I just feel like something internal might happen. And I need to know. And she said, oh, you can, you can, you know, you can buy, um, an oxygen monitor. They're like 63 bucks. You could get it at Target. And since you already tested positive, you, you, you know, they're tracing you. So you can't go anywhere. Yeah. And I couldn't t test the kids. So, and I couldn't test my aunt. So I'm like, okay, so I'm stuck like Chuck. Um, let me just order everything from Target and order extra stuff just to stay home. Um, my lady friend came to visit me also for that day when I got tested and I was like, great, <laughs> perfect. You know, cause we ladies know that that's not the best thing yes. to happen. And, um, and I was like, okay, let's see what happens. So I get the oxygen monitor. I, you know, put it on. And I was like, okay, I, this can work. This is perfect. On Tuesday I had an asthma attack and it was bad. I was coughing really, really bad. Um, so I started taking my inhaler and I, and you know, 
I started getting a fever and I was like, okay, now I'm really feeling sick. Like now I'm really feeling something's wrong. I took a shower. Um, fever wouldn't go down. Took medication for the fever. That's when I noticed that my lady friend was excessive, excessively excessive, like not normal. And I was like, wow, this is not going to be fun. Um, but okay. I set my alarm for two in the morning to take my next inhaler. And then at eight in the morning when I had to take two of the medicine medications that the doctor sent me, and then I had another one at eight 30. So they had to be taken at a certain time. Yeah. And I didn't, I, I went to bed and I didn't wake up and I didn't wake up and I'm, and I'm in dreamland and I'm hearing someone yell, scream at me, wake up, Ruthie, wake up. You're not breathing. Wake up, wake up. But it was like a scream and that was Holy Spirit screaming at me. And I was so offended that he screamed at me that I wake up and I'm not like, I'm gasping for air here. And I'm like, how dare you scream at me? I'm like, I'm, you're not my husband. I said that to Holy Spirit without realizing that's Holy Spirit, right? So that's a pause for later because that, this is an important thing that happened with Holy Spirit. And I check my oxygen and my oxygen is at 89, 88. 87 and I'm like oh my god what's going on I need my inhaler like I start taking the inhaler I'm hyperventilating because I'm freaking out like mm -hmm. this is scary like this is exactly what I thought was going to happen that yeah. something major was going to happen and I didn't know and I needed to know um but that's how the Holy Spirit works and I wake up my son and I'm like Gianluca I need your help and he's like, mom, your stupid phone went off all night and I haven't slept and I'm sick. And I'm like, I can't breathe. <laughs> and he's like, oh, 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 you're serious. And I'm like, yes, please hit my back, hit my back as like you're hitting a drum because I can't breathe. So I check the monitor, you know, the, the inhaler takes a, takes a couple minutes to work. Yeah. And I tell him I need to go outside to get some sun and maybe try to breathe some fresh air, maybe sneeze or something to open my bronchi. And he's like, okay. And I go, but before I do that, gather all my medication, gather all this stuff. Like I gave him instructions. I need you to, to do this, to, to, to execute this, please. And he's like, okay, okay, okay. I got it, mom. Are you sure? Mom, this is my fault. I'm so sorry. I got you sick. I got you sick. And I said, no, no, no. We were going to get sick anyway, but you know, I'm your mom. I'm here to take care of you. Like, don't worry. I'm going to be okay. When I go outside, I only saturate up to 92 on my own. But my blood pressure was, like, my heart rate was going 154, 155, 156. And I'm like, this is, like, yeah. I don't feel tachycardia. But, like, what is going on? Um, and then that's when I heard the ee in my ears. And I was like, I'm going to pass out. Oh, no, this is no bueno. Uh-oh. Like, this is not good. I come back inside. And my daughter's in her class. And, I, and, I, and you know, I had been isolating from her. And I just say, honey, could you please tell your teachers that you need to get me a glass of, of um, orange juice, please? Because um, I feel like I'm going to faint. <laughs> and the teacher immediately texts me and she's like, what's going on? And I'm like, I'm having an asthma attack. I need to call rescue. Please keep my child calm. You know, engage with her. This is my aunt's phone number. This is her name. She doesn't speak English. She doesn't drive. I need like I need someone to be on top of the kids. Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh, my goodness. So I asked her, I, I was, you know, Nana, you know, her name's Juliana, but I call her Nana. And I'm like, Nana, can you please get me, like, my overnight bag 
and get me two dresses or something and just put everything in there. Get me my Bible, get me my, my, um, you know, my, my purse and just put everything on the couch. So as she's doing that, and this is all like in a matter of three minutes, I tell Gianluca, I need you to help me to shower. I'm so sorry, son. Just help me take a quick shower. Help me get dressed and just take all the stuff. And if I fall asleep or if I pass out, please start doing chest compressions like that. Don't do anything on my mouth. Just count to 30 and do chest compressions until EMT gets here. And he was like, what? Yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not going to happen just in case. Cause I feel like I'm going to faint, but don't worry. I'm going to be okay. So in my mind, I started praying and I said, Lord, I cannot let my kids see me like, you know, dumble and fall. They need to see me walk out of here. They need to see me be strong and courageous and not afraid so they can be calm. And I'm praying and I'm praying this, um, and everything gets done. Boom, 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 boom. And then I said, okay, I'm, I'm still conscious. Let me call 911. Yeah. And I called 911 and I said, 40 year old COVID positive asthma can't breathe now send help now 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 and you know like that's all I said and then the 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 dispatcher said okay I'm gonna ask you some questions just say yes or no confirm my address uh confirmed I, I don't even remember what else she confirmed but I was just yes yes hurry hurry EMT came in two minutes they were amazing I had the paperwork ready I had my my monitor on I was like let's <laughs> go like, let's go, let's go. And they're like, okay, okay, I, can you walk? And when he said, can I walk? I'm like, yes. So the kids could see that I was okay. And I told them, log on to school, make me proud. I'll be back soon. That's all I said. And they're like, okay, mommy. And they were crying. Joanna was crying. My aunt was crying. And I was like, mm -mm, I'm okay. I'm okay. I need the help. I'm okay. And as soon as I walk out, um, I had parked my car too close to um, to the gate. So the gurney, they couldn't bring the gurney in. So I had to walk out. Um, and then I sat in there and they're like, is, you know, do you have any other medical conditions? I told them about my hypothyroidism, um, which again, like all these things I was trying to just keep focused. I'm like, okay, yeah. I need to let them know what's going on. Uh, they need to let me breathe. Yes. They put me in the, in the, um, rescue and my mother calls me and I'm like, Oh my gosh bad timing to call me, you know, with a camera. And I was like, okay, Lord, <laughs> what do I tell her? Yeah. And my mom is a Christian, but I always tell her my mom is very legalistic and we get into arguments because of faith. Yeah. And so when, when I answer, I'm like, hi, mommy. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I had an asthma attack. I'm going to the hospital. Okay. Pray for me. And she starts crying, but she starts like, Oh, I already lost a child. And I'm like, oh. I'm like, mom, pray for me to live. Don't pray for me. And you're seeing me dead already. Okay. Yeah. If not, just don't pray. Please don't pray. Please don't pray. Just I'll call you when I'm at the hospital. I'm okay. And I hung up and I started to cry because I was so mad. And EMT tells me, don't hold your breath, Ruthie, because your blood, your blood is going, you know, your, your oxygen is dropping and your pulse is going up. And I was like, okay, no, I don't want to go into cardiac arrest. So I started like calming down and just, they started asking me questions. I was wearing my brave shirt. So they were like, what is that? And I'm like, my church. And they were just being super kind. And they're like, we're going to be there in five minutes. Don't worry. They took me to doctor's hospital. So if anyone ever watches this from doctor's hospital, please know that you guys are like excellent in care. And I am going to write a letter 
with everyone's name on it that I took pictures of, of at least people that I know took the care. Um, and they were just as wonderful as you can imagine. Um, so I get to the hospital and I'm taking into a room that it's like a glass room, super extra away from everyone. Um, and you know, they start poking and prodding and doing all these things to me and checking my saturation. And I, seven o'clock comes around and they're going to move me to a room, but I was starving. And, uh, my nurse downstairs in the ER, her name's Adriana. They call her Tete. And, uh, she's like, we, we were just talking and, and, you know, Holy Spirit was already working. He's like, you need to pray for her. You need to tell her that I love her. You need to tell her that Abba loves her. And I started to pray for her. And I said, I just want you to know that you're loved and you're, you know, this is your vocation. Like God gave you this gift. Um, and I don't know why, and I'm sorry, but, um, are you suffering from something? Like I, I, and, and I just started praying for her and I told her, you know, Jesus loves you. No matter what your sin is, Jesus loves you. And she started to cry and she said, you're the kindest person I've ever met as a Christian. And, and then she told me, you know, that her partner, um, was going through some medical issues. And so I prayed for her partner and she's like, wow. Cause I showed her the love of the Lord, exactly. you know? And I was like, you know, yeah. So that was the first encounter <laughs> of many that I had with so many different doctors and nurses and x-ray techs and just, just different people that the Lord would tell me, tell this one this, tell this one that. So and I was like, bruh, 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 bruh. and they're like, oh my gosh, like, are you psychic? And I'm like, no, I'm Christian. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's different. It's Christian. It's like straight from the Lord. Um, my doctor, my uh, Dr. Gonzalez, when she came in, um, I had a moment with her because my father died when I was, when I was 21 years old and he was a surgeon. He was not the best father in the world and everyone knows that in my family. So it's no shame, but he was an excellent doctor, you know, and that comes with a sacrifice because it is a gift from God to serve others. Yeah. And sometimes you don't spend time with your family, yeah. but I never got to tell him, you know, he, he disowned me and lots of stuff happened, ended up forgiving him eventually. But I was always very proud of him for being you know, an excellent surgeon and, exactly. and stuff like that. And um, so I told her, I don't know why I'm going to tell you this, but I never got to tell my dad. And I don't know if you have kids, but, you know, don't worry about what your kids complain about. Just know that the Lord picked this for you. And if your kids never tell you, I'm going to tell you, I'm proud of you because you're dedicating your time and your and your knowledge and your studies to save my life. Yeah. And, you know, I just want you to know that there's honor in that. And, and I just, I don't know why I want to share that with you. And she grabbed my hands and she squeezed it and she says, we're not supposed to say this, but I promise I will save your life. Wow. And so they take me to, to my room upstairs and they're taking the oxygen from my arm. Like I'm much better. You saw me, yes, you know, saw you saw you. the pictures. Yes. I was all bruised, but look at that. Yeah. I mean, I have yeah. paint on me because I was painting with my kids, but I am no longer bruised. I, I still have like this one here and oh, like yeah. up here. But compared to how purple I was yes. that you saw me, I mean, this is like day five or day six and the I've been reborn. Like yeah. I have another, I have two birthdays officially. Um, so they're checking me with all the saturation and everything. And I could, I couldn't see anything cause it was all in the wall. Yeah. And I work. I work in the medical, you know, um, insurance industry where I, I read medical records all the time for COVID patients. Um, and I was like, okay, this isn't good. Like, they're not telling me anything, but they're trying to figure something out. And then they're not showing me my numbers. Like, yeah. I can't turn around. I'm strapped. And they come in and they're like, hey, 
So we're going to take you to ICU, to the critical care unit, because, you know, we want to monitor you. There's there's only two nurses down here. And up there, you're going to have, you know, nurses that are on top of you. The room has a camera. And they're like, oh, these, okay, wonderful beautiful, things. This beautiful place. Beautiful things. <laughs> but in my mind, I'm like, oh, snap, which another word that I said wasn't that one. I'm like, this just got real. This is not good. And I was like, okay. And mind you, I had not spoken to Holy Spirit. I mean, Holy Spirit was talking to me, but yeah. I wasn't talking to him. And I was, I started praying and I said, Lord, my life is in your hands. Yeah. Um, you know, they started telling me that they were going to give me the presidential treatment, which they did. They gave me rendezvous and plasma and then all these other things. Um, they said, we're going to go give you a CT scan. And depending on what the CT scan says, then that's how quick we're going to move you to the, e to, to the, to the CCU. I go get the CT scan and immediately they're like, yep, she needs to go upstairs like now. So that meant that I had water in my lungs. I had bacteria. I had, I had an area where it showed bacteria and obviously my oxygen levels were not the best. Yeah. And they needed to, you know, help keep my organs alive and my limbs because the yes. limbs are the ones that go first. Yeah. Um, and, and the worst thing is that my brain is like, this is probably happening. And th like, I'm playing the scenarios because uh -huh. I'm like, I wish I didn't know this right now. Yes. You know, I wish I didn't have this information in my brain right now. Um, they're like, don't worry, you're going to get better. You're going to be great. You're in great hands. And I'm like, in Jesus name, yes. In Jesus name, yes. So everyone knew I was quite Christian because I had no shame in professing my faith. And they would call me sunshine because in all this craziness, I always kept a smile. <laughs> and I was always very positive. And I would always like engage in like, and how long have you been here? And, you know, so they finally, they were like, okay, you definitely need to go up to CCU. And they're like, we're going to give you the biggest room. You're in room 12. You know, I started texting people when I had a free hand. Um, I texted Erica and Jamie, who are right, like my closest sister friends from church. And I was like, okay, I'm here. Um, I'm letting you guys know I'm going to CCU. Like, I'm in ICU. And I'll call you guys later. I'm like, I'm going to FaceTime you guys later, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, okay. <laughs> That was scary for them. And I know it was scary for them because when I spoke to Erica, finally, um, I, I hated, by the way, I hated any camera calling, any other, any of that stuff. Yeah. I was like, no, because, you know, we look, we don't look good and, yes. and, and you don't, you know, I have to put makeup on and I'm not wearing any makeup, guys. Like this is, this is Ruth a la raw. This is me. Um, so, but when she saw me and how you guys have always seen me in the last four years, she was like. And she called Jamie and she's like, Ruthie does not look good. Like she does not look good at all, but she has faith. You know, her faith is there. And, and I kind of started seeing it. I started getting jaundice. You know, I, I, I knew I was like, Ooh, this is not pretty. This is not good. Um, I didn't know how many days had passed by then. Cause you know, I was on the 24 hour intervals yes. and the pinching and the, and I was kind of confused, but I don't know if it was on the third or fourth night I was on the bed. And this is quite embarrassing because, you know, being a patient is not the best thing. Yeah. But um, they were giving me shots of heparin, I believe, on my belly. So the COVID causes blood clots. But I had my lady friend already. Mm. So that kind of was not the best thing to experience exactly. while confined to a bed. And just use your imagination. Yeah. We won't get into that.
Um, and at that moment, the demonic attack first happened. And I had a demon assigned to my room and he came in and he was telling me I, I was disgusting, that I wasn't worthy, that look at how they look at you, you're rotting flesh. Um, you can't like he just started saying all these nasty things to me. And my spirit just began, like, it began to shrink. Like, wow. and I felt it and I started to cry and there, and I had chosen to be celibate for the last five years. Um, it, even before I, I came back to the Lord, I was like, you know what? No, I've been in the world for too long. Like I want the Lord to give me the things that he has for me. Mm-hmm. And I know that I have to do this. So in my nakedness, I had male nurses and I was asking Abba, I'm like, I am so sorry that they're seeing me naked, you know, because I had a, like, I was embarrassed and I was like, I don't want any man to see me naked, let alone nurses, you know, and, and I don't know them. And, um, so I when when that demon started doing that and it was an, he had a song, there was an enchanting song going on as he was doing it. And he was kind of seductive. And I'm like, who are you? You know, like, what are you? Because I still wasn't sure if it was a demonic attack or not, but I knew it was, but it was that enthralling thing that it was doing to me. And that's the first time that Abba took me to the lobby. And that's what he would call it. He called it the lobby. Um, And I uh, immediately, I was in a yellow room. It wasn't hot. It wasn't cold. I could hear heaven. I could hear them singing, holy, holy, holy. And I was like, I want to go there. I want to go there. Can we go there? I was, I was a little girl, but I was me. I, I, I was me. I had my personality because, you know, Abba, 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 he, he knows, he knows that we're sarcastic. He knows, yes. he knows we're witty. He knows yes. how we are and yes. he speaks to us in that way, but he was still a gentleman because in my nakedness, and he said it in your nakedness, feel your blanket. And I felt the blanket and he said, I'm covering you. I will not see your nakedness. And I held it and I was like, yeah, this is the Sabanita. I said it like that in Spanish. This is the Sabanita that reminds me of like my grandparents, the ones that they used to give me because it had Mm -hmm. texture. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, so I'm not dead. (laughs) And I said that I'm not dead, but where are we? And he said, you're in the lobby. You're in my lobby with me. Mm And then he was very big. I never saw his face. And he placed me on his chest. Like he mm-hmm. held me and he wrapped me. And he says, I don't want to see your nakedness. Um, please know that your body is sick. Mm-hmm. And they have, I have given them, meaning the nurses, the gift to care for the sick. So let them take care of you. To them, you're a baby. When I gave you your arrows, and that's like the first sign of like, he's in the details. I call my children, my arrows. Like it says in Psalms that a quiver yeah. full of arrows is a good thing. Yeah. Um, and he says, when I gave you arrows and they soiled themselves, that's when you learned unconditional love. And I was like, remembering how, you know, that moment of me cleaning my firstborn child and seeing how he was so helpless. And then I had a moment when I'm like, oh, wait, I'm transitioning. And I said, Lord, your will is greater than mine. Yeah. I'm going to miss my babies. I wish I would have had more time. I'm not complaining. I just wish I would have had more time because I've just instructed and instructed and instructed. And I haven't built any memories with them, you know. And could you make them little, hold them one last time so I could memorize their faces and so they can remember me. And I started to cry. And then I said again, I'm not complaining but I'm ready to go home with you and Jesus if you want to take me. 
And he says, stay quiet. And he says, my daughter, my little girl, my royal priesthood, are you done? Because I'm not done with you. You only came back four years ago. You have work to be done. You're on assignment. So right now, I need you to tell that thing, speaking of the demonic, Mm -hmm. I need you to tell that thing who you are, who I say you are. Um, You know, you're my child. Let him know that my son died and paid the price for you. Mm-hmm. And, um, you, you know, take take this territory, take out your sword and place it in this ground and claim it holy ground. This take the territory in the name of my son. And, and you know, like he told me how to take the territory. And yeah. I stated my name. He gave me the battle plan and I stated my name. I said, I come in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth in, and in the authority given to me by him through the house of Brave Church. And I claim doctors' hospitals as territory and holy ground. Yeah. And I claim the doctors, I claim the nurses, everyone who has an encounter here, every ambulance that comes in here will not leave in bondage. They will have an encounter with the Lord. Yeah. And so I claimed that and I stated that. And the demonic thing, I'm it disappeared. And then I was outside of the lobby again. So that was like the first encounter. And then I was back out. And then I was like, oh, okay, I'm back here. And I and I touched the, you know, the the sheet, the bed sheet again. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, I'm here. I'm here. And then your phone call came in and your your text message came in saying that you were feeling the battle in the spirit. And I told you, go to war. Let's go to battle because it's yeah. happening. Yeah. And it would happen every day at four in the morning yes. to six in the morning. Yes. Um, yeah. Very so, yeah. real, Ruthie, because I remember that night, literally, it was, I looked at my clock and it was 4.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And your face and your name came like so vivid to my mind. And I was like, all right, um, you know, you want me to pray? I'm going to pray. Not knowing what was going on, what was happening. And literally, um, I, and I remember even before me sending you the message, I remember having breakfast with my husband and my mom and me telling them, it's been a long time that I haven't had a battle like this real, this strong. Mm-hmm. And literally, I remember it was from 4.30 to 5.30 until 5.30 in the morning. I was like, okay, that's it. I'm done. Like, I can entertain you anymore. Like, uh, you need to like go and... Uh, what's going on, right? So then mm-hmm. I took my authority back. It's like, okay, enough. Like, yeah, enough is enough. Um, you know, and I'm not gonna uh, go into details of what happened, even though I do, I did share with you exactly what it, like, how the presence came into the room, how it oppressed, and mm-hmm. how I was even trying to speak the name of Jesus, and it was not letting me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do know that we serve a great God, and we know that um, our God is is amazing, is fantastic, is is you know He is the Lord of Lords, and Amen. He reigns, and He has given us authority, like you said, um, Earth, right? Uh, through As it our is Lord, in yeah, uh, through our Lord Jesus, and and we know it. Um, so we're gonna have to do a second part of this. Yes. Because, um, you know, we have just literally just started, but in the, now that you've, that, um, you've heard Ruthie's first part of the, her testimony, you know, um, and I can tell you because I have also experienced the spiritual realm is real. We oh, yeah. know that we battle. Um, we know that we have demons uh, in assignments, um, against our lives. 
But yes. also we know who we are. And we know that we are, like you said, royal priesthood. He yeah. is our God. That, you know, that the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. So mm -hmm. we know the authority that we have. Yes. Um, I promise that we will continue this conversation next time. Uh, Ruthie, thank you for being with us tonight. Thank and you so much for having me. You know, it's been my pleasure. Um, my heart has been like literally, uh, I think it has been uh, fused with yours. Um, yes. And yes, it has. I am very grateful to have you in my life, to know your story, to know what God did. And we're going to be talking um, again. We're going to have a, a second part of this testimony so she can tell us what else happened after that first encounter in the lobby and how God kept taking her literally into this lobby to pour yes. into her and to speak to her and to reveal things that he has for her life. Well, Ruthie, thank you yes. for being with us and we'll see you next Mariela. time. Mariela, see you next time, guys.